Hello, hello. This is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have a guest, uh, Juby Vilsius with Yellowtail Tech uh, with us today. You have to tell us all about where you're from and what you do. Well, I'm from uh, Maryland. Uh, well, I'm from Haiti originally. I, I live in Maryland. I'm the managing I'm, I'm the managing partner at Yellowtail Tech, where we help people with no IT background break into the IT industry. So we specifically focus on people who are transitioning into a new career, and we help them um, go through the process of not only training, but actually breaking into a new industry, specifically IT. So this sounds like a fabulous place to start for people that want to have a work from home job, but don't know what to do. Yes, definitely, especially after COVID. Um, 90%, more than 90% of uh, the students we helped place uh, and jobs uh, after COVID have a hundred percent work from home setup. Okay. So it's definitely um, the one of the industries that's very um, friendly to work from home setups, especially now. So I have a nine-year-old son who learned some Python coding. Are we talking about learning coding or like learning whole software systems? And what what do you what specifically are you teaching? We specifically focus on the Linux operating system and on uh, AWS cloud computing. There will be some coding, especially if you go the direction of AWS. Uh, there will be some Python, but mostly for automation, not necessarily coding to build a software or website. Because Python, I'm not sure if you know, has many different applications. So, um, but we mostly use it for automation in a cloud uh, computing environment. But yeah, you would be uh, um, exposed to a better Python if you choose one of the programs we, we offer. So let's consider the fact that maybe some of our listeners don't know what you're talking about. Can you break yes. it down into layman's terms, yes. AWS most and cloud computing? Coming, yeah, most people who come to me uh, just know one thing. I hate what I do now. I hate, you know, and that's the biggest, most important uh, driver is how much they dislike their current situation. <laughs> There's a pattern. Um, a, the pattern of success is I, I, I despise my uh, current situation so much that I'm ready to actually do the work and change. But they come in and they, they know uh, they want to break into IT. So what we do is we help them understand what are the options? Because there are so many uh, viable ways to break into the industry. So what we've done is we've chosen two programs, two uh, um, tracks that we understand that we are a subject matter expert at, and we help you decide which one of uh, these two options work best for you. And we make sure you understand that uh, you can start or you can break into the industry by being a Linux system administrator, which is administrating in, uh, um, systems, uh, enterprise level systems um, of um, big companies like uh, Google, uh, um, AWS and so on. Or you can go to uh, the route of cloud computing where you just are um, managing infrastructure, but borrowed infrastructure. Companies, um, there are two ways to actually um, 
deal with infrastructure. It's either you have your own infrastructure, you've purchased all the equipment, you build out your infrastructure in your own data center, or you use cloud computing where it just means that you're using someone else's computer and you buy, you buying uh, the, uh, a piece of their infrastructure to run your, your services. Like buying so, space, basically? Yes, buying space and buy. It's not only space you buy. Sometimes you buy... Uh, um, applications as well, okay. but you buy it a, 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 a fractional. You see, you just buy exactly what you need. So that's that's the trend. Um, infrastructure um, management now. That's the trend it's following. Instead of building, buying everything yourself, you just uh, leverage cloud computing. So, so I'm part of. Oh, go ahead. That, that's basically what we help people. Uh, uh, do is uh, break into the industry and specifically those two areas. So when I am, I'm, I'm part of several groups, say on Facebook for people that just want any work from home job. And a lot of those, you know, those entry level jobs that people get into are call centers. So how much training do you need for these types of positions that you're talking about? How long of a commitment yes. is it and how many hours and Good question. Um, we have two programs. One is um, six months. One is nine months. So the commitment to us is going to be anywhere between minimum, anywhere between nine months and a, a year. Because on top of the training, we help you uh, get an internship where you get the hands on. We have to do some work with you on your resume on mock interviews. So the minimum commitment is nine months. Okay. So, so it's quite a bit of um, time and commitment to the project. And is it like equivalent to like the kind of time that you would have to put into like, say, going to a community college or something like six hours a day or? Uh, about seven to 10 hours a week is the minimum commitment required for, for, for you to make that happen. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little less than going to a community college in the length of time as well. Mm -hmm. nine, six, uh, nine to 12 months is way less than what you would be spending. The average um, um, a program at a community college is two years, but most people um, complete those programs in way more than two years, almost okay. two years. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely uh, shorter. And do you find many people coming to you that already have like educational background or coming from scratch with a high school diploma or less? Uh, actually, over 50% of people we train have a bachelor's degree or higher. It's just that, and, and also um, about 40% of people we train um, are in a, in a profession they used to love. It's just that they got burned out. So we train a lot of nurses, people um, who, um, who work um, in um, social work, uh, you name it, we train people, we retrain people and help them transition. And yeah. then the jobs that they get pay as much or more yes. than what they had before? Yes, um, because we train in a very um, highly specialized area, um, the jobs pay unusually high um, compared to, to most jobs. But um, it's, it's, it's quite a bit of commitment. I, I'd like to put that forward. Um, Breaking into the industry takes commitment. It takes a lot of work. Um, of course, we are there to support you along the way, but uh, it's not something you, it's not a decision you should make, uh, take lightly. Right, right. 
All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about you and your team and where you work from. I know that you kind of have a hybrid model personally, but you said Mm -hmm. most of the people that you work with are remote. Yes, uh, they are distributed uh, all over the U.S., but uh, in Maryland, we have a local team. Um, we meet uh, a few times a week at the, uh, at the local office, but most of, um, of, of our team of 50 people are distributed all over um, the United States on uh, four different um, um, time zones. So my setup is a little bit different. For example, now I'm, I'm at the office, but most of the time I'm at home. So I get to um, get uh, the best of both worlds in my case. Well, we can talk about both. We can talk about you and your remote slash office. You know, when you go in, why why do you go in? Why do you pay the money to keep the office versus um, what it's like to work with the team remotely? How do you communicate and handle the different time zones? So go ahead. Yeah, the the reason why... um, I keep the office, it's because we have a small, although small, we have a local team. So it's an occasion to, to meet um, on the team to um, work together. The second is um, if you can, if you can afford it, having an alternative outside of your home office, for example, we work a shared office situation or coffee shop, it I find is very important to break the routine of working completely from home. You get to meet other people and you get to have a reason to leave the house. So for me, that's what I've seen happen is uh, with my team as well. Although they work from home in different uh, areas, but they get um, they also always find a, an, a situation where they get out of their house to work in a different environment. Yeah. Uh, actually, in my last interview, we talked exactly about that. And it's it, it depends actually the, the one before that as well uh two interviews ago was about um the introverted people and how it's important for them for their own mental and social you know social health to to get out of the house where they might want to stay home all the time and then my last interview she's comfortable working from home most of the time but um her husband is so extroverted you know he needs to have you know his opportunities to get out and it, you know, it, it all depends. Where would you say you fall in that uh, personality thing? Yes, I fall in the personality that I think for me, uh, I, I, the hybrid model is what works best for me. I, I need to interact with uh, people and, you know, be able to meet people, talk to them once in a while. So that's uh, important for me, for my productivity in general. Yeah. And it sounds like your team and you probably have laptops, so it's more easy for you to get out and go to yes. coffee shops because I know not everyone has that. Like when I worked for Mayo Clinic, I had to be high, hardwired. We were not allowed to leave our office during that time. Yeah, well, that's one thing that's uh, being looked at in the industry. Even people who only had desktop, um, they are finding ways to make those laptops very secure, but allowing you to go home with it because, you know, this is the trend. And yes, all my uh, employees have laptops. What we have in the office are docks. So basically, instead of ha- having a desktop in a laptop, when you come to the office, you just dock it in and you you um, distribute the, uh, a, to, to a monitor. Okay. And, yeah. So I think that's the best and the most uh, cost-efficient way to have something that's um, um, flexible. So how often do you all get together with your local team? Are they mandatory meetings or is it like drop in as you will? Um, 
mandatory three days a week for, for at least half a day. So um, that's what we, um, we have set up now. It's not mandatory, but it's encouraged. Um, but that's what usually happens because they are in the same boat as well. They, they, they are looking for the, the balance, you mm -hmm. see, the balance, the occasion to leave the, the house. In so are those scheduled half days or are they like just try to be in the office three days, half a day, if you can, when you can? The reason why it's scheduled is because uh, we want everyone to have the occasion to be there on the same time and actually achieve uh, uh, the the get together we're trying to accomplish because mm -hmm. if and everyone comes whenever they want. So it might get to a situation where you rarely meet anyone. At the office. Yeah. Uh, my husband's work right now has them going um, three days a week on, on site. Um, and they had to choose either Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So that basically everyone's there on Wednesday for collaboration, I guess. Um, but you know, for the most part, their work is still individual. They have meetings, but they're always on online. Yes. And now even if we have meetings in the office, but most of the people where our meeting is not local anyway. So mm -hmm. it's, it's weird. How do you do that? Um, I know there's different conference setups. Like are the people that are in the office meeting with the people that are remote, um, basically sharing one camera and just showing the whole room or does everyone individually on their uh, computers, but muted and just having one source for the sound. Cause I know like um, I was teaching, I've been teaching um, English as a second language in our community um, to adults. And whenever we'd have that sort of situation, it would be complicated with echoes and things. People would have to make sure that their sound was muted and their microphone was muted. And um, so yeah. that we wouldn't have all that reverb and things. Yeah, we all, we are separated enough where there is no echo situation. But in general, what we do is um, if you are not actively speaking, you, you put your, your, your sound on mute. This, at least for us, works. With headphones because, or headsets so uh, that the headset. sound doesn't go through. Yeah. I think that's where we were <laughs> struggling is that not everyone was muting their sound. And it exactly. And we typically have um, headsets that we use. Um, so mm -hmm. it, it helps manage that. And then what kind of uh, communication devices do you use? Uh, email? Is it Jabber? You know, just teams yeah. to, to just, you know, do, do asynchronous meetings or yeah communication so or we, we are we are a zero email um company so we we only use email uh when we are speaking um to, uh, to external parties so if if it's within the company we use exclusively slack okay so all our um our communication happened either to slack or a loom video um so that's that's our main um way of um, communicating and it has been working very well so, so a loom if you need to show something. Exactly. If you need to show something, a loom is always quicker. If uh, if you're communicating anything, it's a it's it's too slack. Okay. Um, and then what about for your do you call them students? Yes, we call them students because they are they are learning the uh -huh. um, um, how do we communicate with our students? Mm -hmm. Slack. Okay. We do everything exclusively on Slack with our team and our students. And then are there trainings um, self-paced or are they like 
attending a class in real time? Yes, we have a hybrid format where um, a portion, what we call pre-work, is uh, um, video-based where they go through it and then they show up to class uh, two to three times a week, depending on the, um, on the um, program. Sounds like a flipped but, classroom model. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not sure how, uh, uh, what a flipped classroom model means, but it's the model that has worked the best because they show up with um, some knowledge of what they should be uh, discussing so they can bring in questions and their questions are more pertinent. So it really helps them um, move along the, the, the class. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, <laughs> I think that's what the flip classroom means is that they do the work ahead of time. So they come prepared with questions ready to go with, you know, a knowledge of that um, vocabulary or what you, whatever you will, um, where I think the older model, like when I went to school, it was like the teacher introduces everything to you in class and then you have to go home and do your homework. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what helps us. And in between uh, pre-work and, um, and of course, live sessions, we have Slack. So this is where they get immediate support if they need it. Um, they get uh, um, support session as well um, in between the live lectures and the um, uh, and the uh, um, pre-work pre where they can work out um, issues if they have any. So we have a model where we emphasize on a lot of support because um, our student body, we focus specifically on people with no IT background. So okay. we know what's necessary is a lot of support and our programs are intentionally slower because, um, you know, all the learning is completely new material. So from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have office hours? Like as far as like communication, like, do you feel like when you go home, you're still answering, um, you know, messages all night long, or do you have a team that covers overnight or do you just tell people, uh, we shut, we shut things off at five o'clock and <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. How does that work for you for Are your you own talking life about balance? Regarding um, communication with the students or within the team? Both. Let's just go with both. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, communication with the students goes to a, a student success coach. Um, we require um, half a day to, to get back to them. Um, after anything, uh, any question that happens after um, five gets um, addressed next day. And it's the same thing for the team as well. And when um, you say five, do you mean 5 p.m. Eastern 5 time? Eastern time. Mm -hmm. 5 p.m. Eastern time. But uh, it's different for things that are related specifically to the course because um, our live session are 7 to 9 p.m. Okay. So if you have an issue or if you're discussing something about the class, you're going to hear people chiming in at seven, eight, nine. But if you have a concern that has to do with, um, I don't know, uh, your tuition and you have to reach out to your a student success coach, that's going to be answered the next day okay. uh, by probably 8.30 a.m. All right. So you have different people covering at different times based on their roles. Yes, yes, yes. Um, people who work, um, um, after hours are going to be the TAs and the instructors. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you actually do have live sessions. Did I hear that right? Yes. Um, that's the, 
that's the anchor. That's the that's the main part of our program, the live session. Uh, and and what do you do for those who can't make it? Um, well, the the agreement is that they can make most of the live sessions, but if they they can't, um, all the sessions are recorded and okay. available the next day. But they have to commit to um, attending at least ninety percent. Okay. Of the live sessions. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but we know, you know, things happen. So, um, but everything is available and ready to download. They can even download the, the, the recordings. Sometimes they want, even if they attend, they want to review the live sessions. That's good. Do you have um, a global client base as well? No, no, Coming we, from uh, other we exclusively uh, um, train people who actually live in the U.S. The reason why is because we have a, a career support portion of our offering, and we only know the U.S. market enough to be able to give you that career support ah. in the U.S. So because we don't only sell training, we help people break into the industry. That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's the difference. Um, so training someone who's, um, for example, in Canada, I can train you, but when it's time for me to help you support you to get a job, I don't know the, the, the Canadian job market enough to actually support you in there. You see? That's fair. So that's you think why that's... we exclusively uh, focus on the U.S. And it's a big enough market mm -hmm. where um, we would have to grow probably triple our size to, to, to get to a point where we say, okay, we need to, to start looking elsewhere. So maybe a growth opportunity in the future, but not. Present. Yeah, not now, not not in the next three or four years, even. So Yellowtail, how did you come up with that name? Uh, yes, Yellowtail Tech. Yes, not the uh, one. Yellow, Yellowtail. It's an interesting story. Um, it's my wife and my favorite wine. It's from Australia, and so it is uh, like the wine. Yes, it is like the wine. And we decided, yeah, let's call it something that we uh, uh, we both love and we have in common. And we called it Yellowtel. And then um, throughout the years, we added Yellowtel Tech to make sure we are very different from the wine because um, there was some, um, basically people were researching uh, the wine and would fall on a Yellowtel Tech and vice versa as well. Uh -huh. um, and looking up uh, Yellowtel Tech, but um, you know, and the wonder wine. So that's why it's yellow delta. Did you ever snag any of those people? <laughs> no, because someone who is trying to get a bottle of wine is not necessarily, you know, the same person looking <laughs> to change careers. <laughs> How do you find yourself um, finding your students? Um, our students usually are looking for ways to get out of the situation they are. So um, the typical search words are, how do I break into the industry? How do I break into the IT industry? How do I um, learn cloud computing? Um, so these are, these are typically the, the starting questions that our, our, uh, our future our students have. Does your school session follow like a typical school year or do you start like every three months? Yeah, no, we don't follow a typical year, but we do follow a cohort format. So we have um, a group of students 
um, that start and, and um, finish at the same time, mm-hmm. but we don't follow a, a typical school year now. So when's your next enrollment? Um, in July and then in August. Okay. So, yeah. So for those of you that are thinking about learning about this, <laughs> you better act quickly. All right. Let's talk a little bit about your work-life balance and how you uh, manage working from home. And when do you decide to go to the office? Uh, me, I, well, that's, that's the difference. I typically end up uh, um, coming to the office afternoons in general. Okay. So I start my work after I work out, I work from home. And then after lunch, I head to the office. Um, even on the days that um, there's no one else here, I come, especially when I wanna do deep work. Uh, that's the occasion to come here, be by myself and actually uh, focus. Um, yeah, regarding work-life balance, um, now I'm, I'm getting better at it. I don't work at all on weekends. Uh, um, but, um, and I try to completely close out my work at 7 PM. My stuff, my work day usually starts around 10. So, um, so after seven, no Slack, no emails. So that's, that's what has worked for me in general. Do you work out at home as well? Or do you go to the gym, come home and work and then go to the office? I go to the gym, um, Five minutes away. Okay. I, I, I go to the gym, but um, I don't. I only do my biking from home. But uh, when it's time to um, weight train, I go to the gym. Yeah, I know. One thing that people often want to give up is that commute, and then when they give it up and work from home, then they miss that commute time. How far does it take you, or how long does it take you to get from home to the office? <laughs> Five minutes and three minutes to the gym. So I don't have a real commute. Yeah. But, but I wouldn't want one either. Yeah. You know? Because me, I'd rather um, on weekends or, or, uh, or early morning go on a walk. I have a park close to me. Um, instead of, if I need time alone, because that, that's usually why they, they miss the commute. It's the time alone, time to reflect or time to listen to an audiobook. If I want to do that, I take the occasion when I'm riding my bike or when I'm walking. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about your household. You've mentioned a wife. Yeah, I have uh, my wife and uh, I have a daughter, one daughter. And how so, much are they home while you're working from home? Um, most of the time they are home, but um, they are in their own quarters mm-hmm. in the house. So is your daughter older then? She's uh, eight. Okay. She, yeah, she's usually in the uh, um, in the family room or in her room doing homework or watching TV. Or and school too. Oh no, the school. Her school uh, is a one is one minute away. Okay. So uh, that's one thing I do in the morning. I drive her to school, mm-hmm. and I come back, get ready, go to the gym. So that's that's the typical morning routine. And does your wife also work from home? Yes. She also worked the hybrid model. Her office is next to mine, and she also has a, a, a desk at home as well. Does she work with Yellowtail Tech? Yes, she's the co-founder. Oh, that. excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk about that. <laughs> well, that's a very, well, we do very different things in the, in the company. So, so we get to actually get together and talk about what we've worked on, 
uh, we try to, um, you know, come to the office in different um, schedules, um, and we have different desks in different areas of the of the of the house. So that's one way to for us for us to not always be together. Yeah, because that's that's important. <laughs> I've seen people like you know on. I don't know, on social media or Pinterest or just websites, you know, about working from home, having like this master desk where there's basically two workstations on one big desk. And I'm like, I can see so many problems with this setup. Yes, yes. I I, I know there are so many problems with this setup. First of yeah. all, like there's not, I mean, some of them are built in, so you can't even adjust the height. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> what if either of you has to be on a phone call? So I actually do have a desk immediately next to my husband's desk. Um that I sit at sometimes when I'm not in here, this is a closet actually that I do my podcast out of. Um, and I taught out of it online for several years. So it still has a lot of my teaching materials in here too, but I get claustrophobic in here. I won't lie. There's no window. So sometimes if I need, if my husband's working on site, I just take his desk because it's much nicer than mine, <laughs> but working side by side is a little tricky. Yeah. So we don't have that set up. We, we, we have our own space. And um, do you have two, do you have a home office? Yes, two home offices. Two home offices, nice. Okay. Um, so you have found that it works better to work separately. What did you guys do before this? Um, we've always worked, even our, in our pre previous home, we've always had um, different uh, offices. Um, and before COVID, we used to go um, to a, to a bigger office with more space even <laughs> in between the offices. So it always has a work for us. How long have you been doing Yellow Tail Tech? Oh man, it's been going on eight years now. Yeah, so but, your daughter's um, entire life? Yes. <laughs> she's, uh, she, uh, she's always known Yellow Tail and uh, she loves, um, she has her own uh, little desk in there. <laughs> She's <So> baby boss. <laughs> let's have a baby and start a new business all in the same year. <laughs> yes. But um, before um, um, uh, COVID, we used to go to the office almost exclusively. Okay. And then we were deciding to transition into, a, into an online model to be able to serve everybody, uh, uh, to serve more people. And then COVID hit. So it actually uh, uh, accelerated our transition. Uh, was your team all local before COVID? Yes. It and then you've expanded. We had a geographical limitation and who we can offer our services to. Um, oh, that, even your clients were local? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So COVID so, helped accelerate your expansion to... Our, exp our expansion, the way we we operate the way we offer our programs everything changed to the core uh are there any days that you don't go into the office at all or is it pretty much 50 50 no there are days i, I just i work from home um, if there is um it depends if i'm gonna have a lot of meetings uh i'd like to uh, um i usually like to be uh, in the office mm -hmm. It depends. It, it's really on a day to day because it's not far. It's not. Far. And um, I, I really suggest people look into that um, local um, shared office where it's not it's not far where it's a chore to go to that place. But um, that's that's the situation with me. And sometimes I decide to work from um, from home. And then after lunch, I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just 
you know, drive five minutes and, and, and go to the office. Is it almost like that change of pace that helps you kind of reset and, and get yes. into the mode for some reason? Yep. The change of pace. Um, or if uh, there's so much, too much going on in the house, there's probably, you know, some fixing going on or my daughter have friends over. I'm like, you know what, let me just go to the office to, to get a little more quiet. Do your offices at home have doors? Yes, they do. And how about the one no. here? I can see a door, your your office yeah. here, but does it it's, have a good sound barrier? No, that's what we don't have here. We should, uh, uh, I, you know, I should work on. But um, all our office has door, but it's not, it's not well insulated. Mm-hmm. It looks like, almost like glass. It's a glass door. Okay. But not only it's a glass door, but it's not insulated. I think I can, uh, that can be f- fixed. Um, now, this is your office that you rent or own. And then, because you mentioned we work earlier, but it's not a WeWork office, is it? No, this is my office. But most people, you know, their operation don't, doesn't require for them to have a, a whole office. Right, right, right. So that's why I usually suggest WeWork or shared office in general. There are so many, so many offerings out in every, every uh, city. So before COVID, you were only giving classes to local people. And was that all happening in person? Yes. Uh, it was all happening in person. So we had that geographical uh, limitation. Uh, we are in the um, DMV area, which is the Maryland, Northern Virginia, and D.C. area. So that's who we are serving. Mm-hmm. And uh, we grew about 260% only in one year by just going completely online. And not only we we went online, but everybody also accepted and understood that's where the, the world was uh, uh, right. going. And it seemed natural to do that during COVID, but during that time, did you change offices or did you shut down and just come home? We shut down. Um, That's to, to really um, stay committed to that executive decision. We actually um, give out our big training center because I wanted to focus on how do I re-engineer our offering to be completely online, not reliant on it. The only thing we have is a data center. Uh, we need a physical uh, um, location for that, but um, everything else happens. Um, so you have maybe like a smaller conference room, but no more big training room. No, 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 zero training room. Did your class size change during that time? Um, not too much because we also wanted um, to keep the, 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 the student to, um, uh, instructor ratio yeah the the optimal ratio that um, we uh, we think works so that 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 didn't change mm-hmm. yeah. but how did you grow then so you just offer more classes like rather than the cohort every few months yes. now you have one every month yeah. or exactly we grew and uh, by adding more cohorts not necessarily growing the size itself of the class what kind of certifications do your students get? Yes, um, two um, certifications. If you, depending on the program you 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 choose, you either get a Red Hat certification. Red Hat is a it's like Microsoft but for Linux. Okay, it's a different operating system. It's an enterprise level operating system used in most big companies. Mm-hmm. So we get you either Red Hat certified if you choose the cloud. 
computing offering we have, we, we, uh, you get an AWS SysOp certification, which is um, an Amazon certification. Okay. So for someone who's coming from a completely different job, in uh, I know a lot of nurses have left the field, like you mentioned, also a lot of teachers. Uh, what yeah. would you say is the biggest learning curve for these people who are do not have any tech background? Um, is to um, rely on themselves so much because you are you have to you know be with a computer eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? It's not a learning curve. It's a it's a it's a behavioral thing. It's a new world. It's a new reality. You see, um, those people typically had more interaction with. Uh, you know, with their environments. And now you are interacting mostly with your computer. So that's the, that's the biggest change. And is that something that you help people through? Like, what would you recommend to people who are going to be working remotely? And I think, I think in our case, we just warned them that, Hey, this is a reality. This is, is is it something you, um, you're willing to do? And sometimes the, most of the time they welcome it because yes, they're gonna have less interaction, but they they usually it's gonna it's usually their first completely remote job, so they are more excited about the opportunities it it opens to have it remote, to be able to move, to be able to be in different locations without affecting your work. So they are more excited about the the upsides than the downsides that come. And I don't really know a whole lot about this industry. So like if you someone were to get this cloud computing or AWS, or you said, help me Red out, hat. Red, Red, the hat. Red Hat, um, are they going to be in meetings on the phone all the time? Or is it truly just more of a, I'm working on a computer by myself? It's, it's a, it depends on the company they end up working for. It really depends. I, I, I couldn't, I, I'd be misleading you because every company, they operate differently. Some company are completely slack. Some company, they have stand-up meetings every day. Some companies, they encourage collaboration throughout the, the, the day, even, you know, remotely, but you are completely collaborating almost all day. Some people, some companies uh, encourage a camera on. Some people, some companies actually almost discourage it because um you never see it so it's 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 all over the place in terms of what you end up finding did you ever build any relationships with some of these companies to help kind of funnel oh yes yes we, we, we have relationship with uh, different not only companies but recruiters that help um, help our students um, so you have a really great placement rate then oh yes yes we have a 68 percent job placement rate within um, six months and a 78% within a year. Wow. Good. Alrighty. Well, what else is there? Um, what did you do before Yellowtail Tech? Um, well, I have a background in management and information systems. So I was always in the technology uh, field. I've done a bit of consulting and, um, yeah. So before that I was consulting mostly. And now we, we help people break into the, the industry. Yeah. I bet it's changed so much from what you originally even dreamed of, but. Well, n- not, well, I wanted to be a, an architect when I was a kid, but, the, uh, but from when I went to school, 
I knew I wanted to, to be an entrepreneur and I, I knew I wanted to stay around technology. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually doing what I really intended to do. I love hearing that. What would be your perfect day? You, you've talked a little bit about that, but like, as far as I always like to go back to that work-life manage uh, balance stuff. I know that it's impossible to have perfect balance every day, but what would a perfect day look like for you? A perfect day would be, first of all, waking up at around 6.45, arrested. Not only waking up, but rested. This is one thing I struggle with, um, is the quality of my sleep. And, um, you know, interacting with my wife and kids for 15 minutes, 30 minutes. That also includes taking her to to school. Mm -hmm. And come back, have breakfast, head to the gym, and come back home, get ready, and start my work day around 9.30, you know, depends on the day, 9.30, depends on how many meetings I have and what kind of meetings between 9.30 and 10. Okay. Work uh, until noon or um, um, 12.30, come home, have lunch, and uh, take a nap. I am a napper. Um, when, when I say that, people laugh, but I take a, a daily nap. And then go back uh, on my second half of the day um, to work, either at the office or at home. Okay. And make sure I finish my work completely by seven. I'm home by seven. What time is your and lunch? Because that sounds like a long day in the office too. Uh, lunch is usually between uh, 12, 30 and one. Okay. Yeah, that's the latest I have lunch. Uh, do you eat out most of the time or do you cook at home? Um, we eat um, home most of the time. Who's cooking? <laughs> we have uh, help. We have someone who cooks. Awesome. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My husband likes to cook when he's home. Uh, I usually get delivered breakfast when he's here. And when he's not, I'm like, everyone, it's fun for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yes, but if when we didn't have help, it would be um, sometimes my wife or myself. Does that but mean you also it, probably it always was mostly home? One thing that I've heard a lot of people talk about as a challenge is all the household tasks distracting them from their work. Do you also outsource that help too? That's one thing we invest in heavily, and you know, having the proper help to actually be able to focus on work and actually having that balance you know, that work-life balance because household household chores usually get in there and, you know, mess up your day. Yeah. Do you and your wife ever commute to work and from at the same time, or does she have to go pick up the kiddo from school? You bring her in and then she picks her up. Yeah. Um, she usually picks her up and I, 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 I take her in the morning. So yeah. you get a little special time, both with both parents, but two commutes, two different cars driving back and forth. Yeah. All right. So you've mentioned Slack and Loom as two tech tools that you use for communication, but do you have any other tools that you live by or um, even office stuff that you can't live without? Yes. Um, the other platform we use is Close, Close.io. It's mostly for, it's a cu- customer relationship manager that manages all our leads and uh, customers and, you know, everything else. So it's Close. C-L-O-Z-E? C-L-O-S-E, close, like closing a door, closing right, okay. a deal. 
it's close.io, um, Slack, and for personal use, um, WhatsApp, which is uh-huh. not, which not terribly uh, uh, um, popular in the US, but I have a lot of uh, friends and family all over the world. They almost actually exclusively use WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. So these are the things I use um, every day, every day for my, commu- for my basic communication and work. Slack, WhatsApp, close eye. Yeah. What about time management tools? Do you use anything to help you stay on task? Yeah, Asana. Uh, our whole team, um, they, we collaborate and everything in terms of project, tracking, everything else happens on Asana. Do you, are you familiar with Asana? I think I know some people that work with them, with collaborating with vendors and everything, uh, but I don't know as much about it personally. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a very powerful platform. It's like Trello. Mm-hmm. Um, some people use Trello, mm-hmm. um, or Monday is another platform that competes with Asana. Right. We try them all, and we we like Asana. We personally, as a team, we like um, Asana better because. It's more powerful. It's it's like Monday and close together. You know, um, it's 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 a more powerful tool. That's why. And then, what about at your desk? Do you have any? I know you mentioned monitors. Mm-hmm. What else do you have? I have a lot of uh, wood toys. I collect wood toys because you use them for fiddling with, or just yes, to make you I happy? use them to fiddle with. And I and I love. Um, um, I have. Um, those um time how do you call them uh hour is it hourglass hourglass i have all sizes do you use those actually to keep you like productive or just to kind of fiddle with i just fiddle with them um not to keep uh, me productive what what else is on my desk i have my headset i have my green juice of course my coffee <laughs> and that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Do you use an external um keyboard? Mouse? Yes. I I have like I I I I explain a dock that you know connects everything, mm-hmm. my keyboard and everything. Yeah. So you have a keyboard that lives here, and do you have another dock at home? Yes, I have the same setup, but at home. That way I just plug in my 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 laptop. That's really smart. So you don't have to haul very much with you. Just literally the laptop. I'm just moving my laptop. Got it. All right. Well, tell us where people can find you. You can uh, find us by um, going online and typing yellowtel.tech. You can go on Instagram. We are the same handle, yellowtel.tech. Facebook, yellowtel.tech. So anywhere, just look us up, yellowtel.tech, and see if... um, if what we offer is a good fit for you. And then one more time for people that are thinking about working from home for the very first time, uh, any tips or tricks that ha- that can help them make that big transition? Yes, invest in trying to get an alternative location to work. It doesn't matter how, you know, how much space you have at home, having a place for you to go and break that routine will help you a great deal. It's gonna be a great investment. Even if it's a coffee shop. Even if it's a coffee shop. If, yes, definitely. All right. <clears throat> so yellowtail.tech is their website and we can find you all the places. We'll put all of that into our show notes. Any final thoughts? 
No, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I've, I've, I've answered quite a bit of a, a question here that I've, I've had the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that we get a little personal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Juby. We appreciate having you. This has been April Malone with Juby Vilsis. Vilsius. Vilsius. And yes, I work from home. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me.